You are listening to The Ben Keats Show, where every day the objective is simple. Ben will never stop fighting the fight and lighting the light on topics that affect you every day. How's it going, everybody? My name is Ben Keach, and we are back at another episode. I hope you've enjoyed your weekly installments as we look at episode 27 today, 27 today, and the title of our episode today, uh, it's going to be a good one. It's uh, What's Wrong with Political Correctness? And there's probably been areas that this issue has touched a lot of us. It's definitely impacted my life, so we're going to talk a little bit about that from a personal standpoint. We're going to go into a little bit of the history of it, why we have it, uh, different elements of why it's good, why it's not good, and then get into some good examples. So uh, I appreciate that the uh, you subscribing on YouTube, um, Apple, share it with somebody, let somebody know. Somebody, you know, we're in the holidays time, right? People don't like to talk about politics. Well, send this episode out. It's perfect. <laughs> you don't want to, you know, you... <laughs> Oh, you think you think I'm offensive on Christmas? Listen to this episode. No, it's it's not. It shouldn't be offensive, but it should be hopefully um, good entertainment information, nonetheless. So, anyway, here we go, folks. Um, so, gonna kind of start off a little bit about how this episode impacted me. So, I would say from 2012 to 2014, while I was a high school teacher, um, maybe even 2011. I started a thing where I had in my classroom, I had two desks and the desks were side to side because I needed lots of space for all my stuff. And what I did was I said that if anything was said in this classroom that was motivational, funny, interesting by me or any other student, you could write it on a piece of paper, get it approved by me and put it on the desk. I never cussed in class. So there was never going to be anything like that. I sponsored the Christian club. So the club 121 kids would put a, a Bible verse. So you might see a Bible verse up there. You're going to see funny things. You're going to see serious things. You're going to see all sorts of things. And by the end of the semester, the two desks were just coated with random scratch pieces of paper. Kids would come into the classroom. First thing to do, look at this. Oh my gosh, look at you know this, that, or the other. And it was just, when you read a quote without the context, it can be funny or entertaining. Like, why would, where'd this come from? And so it was just, it was fun. It was a fun activity that I did with the kids. And like I said, I'd done it for a couple of years. There's a risk involved with this because like I said, a quote without context can be questioned. Oh, I want to know the context. And that's, that's, that's what can take place. I had some kids also talk me into, um, I, I started kind of like this phrase called Keech quotes because I would say quotes and actually starting this podcast, I'm going to try to incorporate a specific quote in each one. Um, and anyway, the, the idea of this was we talk about serious educational issues, but we want to have fun and include humor in, in it. And so bottom line was regardless of like the powers that be, in my opinion, didn't like having a conservative Christian government teacher teaching in a largely liberal-based public school. It's not judging liberal. It's not. It's just that's just a reality. And a week 
before all of this kind of went down in my life, they said, you're not teaching government anymore. You're teaching only ninth grade world geography. And at that point in time, I was the second longest tenure teacher in my department. So that's a slap in the face. Like they don't do that unless they're trying to push you out. So there was a message coming from the higher ups. And what they wanted to do was to force me to get so mad that perhaps I look for a teaching assignment somewhere else, whatever the case may be. Now, I may add just for clarity that my my pedigree in terms of my um, evaluations, complaints, all of that stuff was top notch. So there, there wasn't an issue with my teaching. There wasn't a documented issue with my teaching. I love the kids. Kids love me. Got along with parents. Got along with you know most of my colleagues. Um, and administrators sometimes have their own agendas and their own ideas of things, which they have a right to do. So moving forward, they decided when that didn't work that they were going to take the quotes. We're going to get to the political correct part in a second. They're going to take the quotes and they're going to just turn it into the district office. Basically created a case against me that he said things he shouldn't have said. Um, I explained the quotes in context of what I meant, how it's connected to curriculum objectives, that this was actually uh, an amazing way to teach, which it was. And they used this as well. You know, we can't have this stuff in here. So I moved on from teaching. Now, why this matters in terms of this topic. When we are in the business of censoring speech because it makes us feel uncomfortable or we don't like it or it goes against our own more moral or value, we are running a risk of going down the wrong road fast. We don't want to live in a society where speech is censored, where speech is regulated. There can be natural consequences of speech. So for instance, it's, it's appropriate at times Employers have to make decisions if, a, if speech goes too far in some context. They can regulate that within their company. So I'm not saying it can't be looked at or regulated. But what I'm saying is we have a bigger overriding problem. And this gets into political correctness, which I'm going to kind of segue into that. We'll come back to this at the end. So where did political correctness come from? What What is its origins, etc.? So we see in even like the 1960s, 70s, definitely into the 80s, where there's a movement to say that we have to speak like this because when we speak like this, it's offensive or can be offensive. And there's actually validity to that. Not all, like, for people who hate political correctness, it's not all wrong and it's not all bad. And actually, if you look at the roots of why this even evolved in our country, honestly, it comes back to the sin of racism. Racism has had more negative effects on our society than most people, regardless of race, even realize. We can look at the obvious problems with racism, the, the discrimination associated with it, how it affects the actual people that are in the, in the firing lines of, of racist behavior. But racism also has impacted even this area because... We've had speech in our country that's been ridiculous, hateful, um, playing on prejudices and different things. And, and people who are you know my age, maybe younger, older, remember days when people would say things that they shouldn't have said. 
even even like on a more minor scale, you can look at episodes of Friends and Seinfeld and definitely The Office, you know, three of my most favorite television shows. And there's things that are said in those shows, not not on the race side. Well, an office episode or two, maybe where those would those words would not be said today. So we have changed. We have become more aware that words matter and we need to be wise and smart and careful. That in and of itself is a good thing. And we just we just have to remember where it comes from. It comes from a a place of evil in our history. It comes from ultimately racism and some of the ways that that's been impacted. Now, what's happened though is it's way bigger and way more than that today. And that's what we're kind of going to kind of move into some of this stuff to and kind of looking at what's right or wrong about political correctness. Political correctness at its root is censorship. It's saying you can't or should not say these things and if you do, there's a consequence. Well, who's calling the shots? Who's saying what you can say or what you can't say? There are definitely things that as a society, all people, most normal people would agree, shouldn't say that. That's wrong. You shouldn't do that. But there's a whole heck of a lot of things that are in this middle ground area that not everybody believes in or agrees with. And if we continue to, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. What we have is we are evolving and we we think that we're becoming more enlightened. Like, oh, we're just evolving into this wonderful, I say spokesperson, I don't say this, I, I only say man in this way, and all this, we, we're, we're becoming this evolved species. As a matter of fact, we're becoming more corrupt in terms of allowing too many people, too much power to say what you can say or can't say. And anytime you violate whatever that norm is, which right now, currently, that norm is being kind of controlled a little bit by, by the left, then there will be a consequence and that consequence is going to be severe. You are going to be called out for that. And there's probably going to be names attached to your reputation. If you violate their version of what you should or shouldn't say and understanding this, that that version we're talking about, whatever that norm is, is a moving target. It changes year to year. I mean, even think about the basics of pronouns and what's okay or not, not okay about that. This is, this is not something that this is now once, once a group of people, and I'm not saying it's everybody on the left, but once a group of people attaches to a philosophy, then that is the new gospel. And to go against that is basically you are damning yourself to being a bigoted prejudiced person. That's how we are going to look at you. Even if you don't put pronouns on your LinkedIn you know, page by your name as if you're so cool that you can say him, he who flipping cares. Why, why, why is this even, even an issue? It's, it's actually more people not wanting to be respectful, but more wanting to rub in our face that we are more enlightened than you are. We are more evolved than you. We care more. We are less prejudiced than you. And if you don't live up to this standard, it's going to be a consequence. could be a job, could be simply the way you viewed even me stating this on a podcast for future people who may want to hire me, oh my gosh, this you know, it's it's a risk. I mean, this this in, getting into this topic is a risk because you and I both know for a fact that we self censor ourselves all the time, not for good reasons, 
for actually reasons of fear based upon what that one person out there in the world might think of us. That's a kind of a cruddy way to live life. And we don't want, I don't want that self-censorship or even a, a society censorship to, in, in, in the guise of political correctness to kind of be a part of how we live or how we look at things. Here's a, here's a quote. Here's a, here's a key quote for you. When you eliminate debate and discussion, you have a version of autocracy and autocracy doesn't work in any relationship. And that's in essence, what's, what's happened with political correctness. We're, you don't get to, you don't get to say this part. You don't get to be, you don't get to do this. That's a top down approach. And, and what does society do when they're told what to do in that way? They rebel. Why do you think Trump won? You think Trump won just because he's, he has like an interesting skin tone and he says weird things and does crazy things. Trump won because he was a voice for this group of people that were tired of being told what they could or couldn't do. And he exemplified that in this brash nature on how he attacked groups in the media and wasn't going to be told what to do. And people resonate with that. That's why they stick with him. Win, lose, or draw, they will stick with him. Jail or not, they will stick with him. It doesn't matter because he has put himself, he has connected himself with a group of people that most politicians discounted, couldn't relate to, couldn't connect to. That's why he's popular, which sometimes people don't understand that. Okay, so certain phrases to also address in this kind of political correct type climate and kind of what happens. We get into the, con the, the conversations of inclusive language. Inclusive language is a buzzword where you say what you're supposed to say and make sure nothing you say is exclusive. But again, who's defining it? If you actually go Google search political correctness and start reading the definitions online, which I did in a number of different places, there's bias even within those definitions. There's some that are fair, kind of, but then there's some that's basically like, if you are not politically correct, you don't care. You, you don't care what anybody, you, your words, and you're just a hurtful person who doesn't care about what you say. And I think most people actually do care. Most people aren't out to be hurtful to any group of people. Definitely, if you look back 20, 30, 40 years ago, you can see ways people spoke and uh, maybe that's not the right thing to say. Like we all have become more politically correct naturally. The The question is, where does that line go? And not, there's, there's a rare a person that just says ridiculous things all the time. Most of us censor ourselves out of respect. It doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. Most people do that. But you have to be aware of this target continuing to fast track move and how you're going to be labeled if you don't keep up with it. And that's that's the problem with political correctness. Um, there's some side effects on this, too, honestly. So think about it in the workforce. People that are. Um, when we when you impose something like a, a, a corporation or a company imposes that you know, some type of sensitivity training or you need to um, act this way or do this way. It feels like um, it feels like almost like certain relationships within the workplace could be forced or uh, pressured into. And that that's not a way 
for people to, to kind of get along and come together. I would actually argue that in some ways, and I know we're not necessarily just talking about races, but relationship between the races, whatever that means, you know, relationship, <clears throat> relationships in everyday life have actually become more strained because it's not just a fluid, natural thing. People that I know, regardless of race, like other human beings, they care for people. Um, and, and so this, this forced, like you are the problem and this is the problem as we connect it to, to privilege or, you know, certain skin colors are the problem. When we, we create that animosity, it pushes, it makes relationships between people more difficult. Um, and I think that's actually happened more and more, even if the, the goal was to make it better in some ways. I don't, I don't know if it has been actually, honestly, <clears throat> we don't want thought police. We don't want people dictating how or what we should say. And in some ways there's just natural consequences that too. If somebody talks a fool, you know, they're going to, they're going to have, they're going to have a negative action from the people that are around them most of the time. That's the appropriate regulation, not from the government, not from the media, not from the not from any kind of power structure, just from within our electorate, from within our democracy. We will punish idiots for what they say. That's stupid. We don't need it coming from an, an, an autocratic type government or system. Okay, um, going to give you two examples. And then we're going to go to our parenting advice and our song. Let's first look at two examples that drive me crazy when it comes to political correctness. First, a very common example is the phrase Merry Christmas. Now let's think about Merry Christmas for a second. Some companies now will put it everywhere because they want to make a statement. We love Christmas. We believe in Christmas. I mean, you should. That's how you get, you know. 28% of your revenue for the year is in the month of December. You should love it. Or the other side where people refuse to say it because that phrase may be offensive. Now, a company has a right to do that. It's their choice. But the ideology behind that is what's repugnant to me. The idea that a word, even a word as tame as Christmas, can be offensive to anybody. Why? What is offensive about that? It doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter if you are religious. It doesn't even matter. None of that matters. It's a word. We hear things all the time. And the, 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 the people that will, in this case, censor that word Christmas per se, aren't non-Christians, aren't Christians. They're not, they're not normal people. Normal people don't care. It's the people running these companies. They're soft. Their, their leadership skills are, are suspect. Their goal is to keep everybody happy. And, and in essence, what they do is they, they become a, a lesser version, a very weaker version of themselves. And it's, and then that becomes offensive that a word like that can't be said. Here's another one. That's always funny to me. Mansplaining mansplaining. I am a man and I guess I'm explaining this, so maybe I'm already I'm already screwed. I'm already, the bias is already gonna gonna get me on this one. What a ridiculous statement that is. Are you trying to tell me that women don't explain things in ways that like can be condescending or can be sarcastic or can be strong or bold? That that actually is almost a sexist statement towards women. And what but what it act what it does though is it says 
it, we're going to, we're going to cut the legs out of men, men who want to get up there and puff their chests out. And because they're men and they want to talk down, they want to do all these things. Hey, guess what? Here's the reality. Men do it. Women do it. It's not, that's not a gender thing, but we're going to attach a gender thing because we do things all the time in our society to cut men down. Um, and this would be another, it's, it's a ridiculous kind of like PC term that means nothing to me. Let's go to the parenting advice. How about this? Really simple. Instead of teaching little eight-year-olds what their pronouns are, or even if that matters, just as an example, which is obviously a more a newer kind of PC term, how about we focus more attention as parents on helping people understand people who are different than us and understand people's stories and where they're coming from versus creating another fake generic label that doesn't mean anything that shouldn't have even exist in the first place. How about we more look at the people that are different or people that are whatever and, and, and understand their story and even understand them as a people versus creating another, instead of creating another divide, we actually look to real inclusion, which comes from empathy and understanding of people. That's a much better lesson to teach your kid. than if you don't do, you know, like if you don't do this, she, her, they, them or whatever, then, then you're, you're being disrespectful to whomever. It's ridiculous. Okay. The song today, uh, I don't, I was, I've done a couple of green day songs. So this is, this song just fits so well. There's a chance I've done this before, but I had, there's a different message I want to give to this. So it's a green day song called American idiot. And, in that song, I always find it ironic because they ripped the media because back then, and they're a more liberal ideology band back then liberals didn't like the media. Um, today they should love them. The media should be their best friend, different story for another day. But what is an, what is an American idiot? What, what's the, what's the message of this song? What are they actually trying to, to kind of get across the message that they're getting across is that we don't want to be controlled we don't want to be controlled by the government. We don't want to be controlled by the media. There's a cry for freedom in this song from the status quo. Now, the band, you know, 20 some years ago could have been referring to a number of things, but I think the message still stands. We don't want to be controlled by any group of people telling us what we should or should not say. Even if your speech is repulsive, even if your speech is hateful, even if your speech is something that nobody agrees with, you have a right to say it and I will defend your right to say it because I don't want to live in a society where there's this group of people that get to dictate what's okay and not okay. So that is the, the message today. I really would love feedback on this one. Um, I don't think this is actually super controversial, but I know there's a million opinions about this and how some of these things can affect us. So get on my YouTube channel, comment, or um, honestly, through Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, any of those things. TikTok's really picked up lately. There's been a lot of great comments and conversations I've had with people all across the country, people I don't even know. So that's kind of fun and, and different as I try to kind of build and grow outside of just simply the Kansas City area. So anyway, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Let's keep the conversation going. You can reach out on Ben's website, www.benkeatshow.com or on social media to chat. 
And please remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. 